Welcome to Medical Minefield, the podcast where we talk about the ethical dilemmas at the heart of the health stories that matter the most. I'm Barney Kalman. And I'm Eve Simmons. And we are health journalists, which means we spend our lives asking tough questions to top experts so you don't have to. This week, we're talking about claims that women who've had breast cancer can take HRT despite what they may have been told by their doctors. As always, we'd like to know what you think. If you've got a question or have something to say, you can do so on Twitter using the hashtag MedicalMindField. Well, this is a a debate that's been rumbling along for a little while now, and it came up again a couple of weeks back on this morning when they were doing a a menopause special. Dr Louise Newson, who's a specialist menopause GP, came on and Philip Schofield asked her, can women who've had cancer take HRT? And her answer was quite surprising. So this is a great question. There are different types of cancer and most types are absolutely fine. We know women who take HRT have a lower risk of bowel cancer, actually. So, and then breast cancer, there's different types of breast cancer. There's also different times since people had it. So we haven't got good evidence to say it's safe. We haven't got good evidence to say it's dangerous. Most of the studies have been done show that it's either neutral or safe. Oestrogen used to be a treatment for breast cancer. So it's very complicated. That's surprising because everything that I've ever written about, we've had to be very cautious about saying that HRT could potentially be risky for women who've had breast cancer. Well, interestingly, the British Menopause Society, along with the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynaecologists, came out with a joint statement in June, which was aimed at improving access to HRT. They were saying that all women should have a discussion if they are suffering menopausal symptoms about HRT, that it should be mentioned to them. And they went to lengths to reassure fears that many people have that in healthy women, Mm. HRT may raise the risk of breast cancer. And about two decades ago, a very, very large study uh, which looked at outcomes of a million women uh, who the, took a million HRT, women study, the a million women study, found that there was this slight increased risk of breast cancer in women who took HRT. And I, I'm fairly sure it was the longer term taking HRT, maybe more than five years, that you saw this slight increased risk. And the press went to town on this and the numbers of women taking HRT plummeted. Subsequently, reanalyses of this study of these data has suggested that, in fact, the risks are far smaller when HRT is taken at the onset of menopause. And therefore, the worries are, you know, needless and and that if you are suffering from symptoms, it's a good option. If you do have higher risks of things like breast cancer as well, you are offered uh, specific, for instance, if if vaginal symptoms are a problem, you can take vaginal estrogens. Mm which is a pessary and that's not systemic so it's that's not the the raised risk Mm. however in this consensus statement the societies pointed out again that for women who have had breast cancer hrt was basically off the table so it makes the statements by people like dr louise newson who spends her life treating women with the menopause so much more startling And obviously in the background to all this, 
Dr. Newsom is part of a campaign group with Davina McCall mm. and other celebrities who have all done incredible work coming mm. out and talking about the menopause because women in middle age go through the menopause and they can suffer symptoms and it can really affect them. I love that picture of sort of 30 odd menopausal women standing in the, you know, the halls of 10 Downing Street, I think. Mm. And, you know, it was such a great image of this uh, force of women trying to make a change. I always joke with you when uh, when we do something on the menopause and, and for years this has been the case when people do young especially young people do picture research for an article they get the article through and then they think okay I have to find a picture to go with this article and if it's about menopause if we leave them to their own devices, often what you get is a picture of this grey, wizened woman fanning herself frantically. Sitting in front of a fan. You know, Massive looking fan. dreadful yeah. and tearing her hair out. And I mean, she's always about 90. As well. I mean, there's such a strange... There was such a strange image of the menopausal woman. And Davina, Penny Lancaster, Patsy Kensit, you know, I mean, these people are gorgeous and they're so successful and they're so, you know, you want to be them. And thriving. And, yeah. yeah, and they, they couldn't be a better advert for, hey, we're going through the menopause, this is what it looks mm-hmm. like. I mean, part of this this whole drive is that they all take HRT, you know. And the, the idea is they can continue living the life that they live because they take yeah, HRT. Yeah, <laughs> and we've had a few articles by uh, our GP, Dr. Eddie Cannon, saying that, you know, perhaps these other health benefits outside of, you know, delaying hot flushes, you know, reducing some of the other menopausal symptoms that, that people get, there really isn't a huge amount of evidence to suggest that HRT does any of these other things. I was fascinated by Dr. Newsom's claims that we heard in that clip about protection against bowel cancer. I mean, there have been studies that have associated lower incidence of bowel cancer with HRT. Mm. But it's an association. It's an association. It could well be the case. There's many factors. Mm. I mean, one of the main things that people say about the benefits of HRT in these observational studies is that many of them are American studies and women that can afford HRT are generally better off, better educated, more engaged in their health, wealthier, you know, the whole, the whole, all that, you know, all that, that, those kinds of things which will feed into having lower incidences of heart disease Mm. and blah, blah, blah. So you need to have a lot of women going through a treatment Mm. when there is these small increased risks to really see that, Mm. you know, and that's why the million women study was so key because they needed to look at a million women Mm. before they started to see these small increased risks of breast cancer and, and blood clots. And the concern is perhaps that women who didn't think that they needed HRT think they're missing out. And that's one thing if a woman is healthy. Mm. It's an entirely other thing when a woman has been told that because she's had breast cancer or has breast cancer, she cannot have HRT. And it will add this extra layer of stress and worry. And and that's the concern of many doctors that I've spoken to, Mm. that that women who are being led to believe that they're missing out on this vital treatment that could protect their health, you know, especially when they've been told they cannot have it, you know, it's not fair. So it's an interesting Mm. debate. And as for the comments about how oestrogen treated breast cancer, I mean, that's that's a whole whole nother thing. That's something that's very surprising to me. I mean, logically, we know that oestrogen... Um, contributes towards the growth of tumours, or that's the theory anyway. Absolutely. But they saw in the 1940s uh, in lab rats that giving high doses also made tumours shrink. And so they decided to give it to people. 
it was given to a specific group of women. It was given to women with metastatic breast cancer. Mm. So incurable, advanced disease that just needed controlling. Right. And these women did respond to it for some time. Tumours shrunk and lesions uh, dried up and people felt better until it stopped working. Uh, you know, it wasn't a cure, but it was a treatment and it was completely uh, superseded by tamoxifen and other hormone treatments that actually block oestrogen. Mm. And they've been shown to be remarkably successful. So back in the, the 70s, 60% of women with breast cancer will have died within 10 years. And now 80% of women survive for more than, I think, 20 years. And modern hormone treatment like tamoxifen, which block oestrogen receptors in the breasts specifically, have been a real key part of that. You know, they, they cut disease recurrence by, I think, about 50% and boost survival by 30%. And that's just that one drug alone. So do we know why in those small groups of women with metastatic breast cancer, high doses of oestrogen proved to be effective when blocking oestrogen is also effective? It's just something to do with oestrogen. We don't know. Well, I don't know the answer to that. But in fact, I, I spoke to a doctor just this morning who was treating women back in the 60s mm. with breast cancer. And she said that they responded equally well when you switched them on to another hormone like testosterone. Uh. So so eventually they would stop responding to the oestrogen and then they you'd switch them on to another hormone. So changing your hormonal makeup had some kind of effect and they I don't think they massively knew why. Fascinating. But I do feel it's slightly disingenuous. Mm, because the point is that women, even though that may have been effective for a small group of women, women weren't surviving as long as they are now. So clearly the, the treatment protocol that we have now is better. True. But if you're trying to say that, oh, HRT is fine, despite what, you know, the British Menopause Society, the Royal College of Obs and Gynae, NICE, NHS guidance says, HRT is fine to take. Some women who've had breast cancer can take HRT safely. And then saying, because we used to treat breast cancer with oestrogen, but not mentioning all the details around that and the fact that it was a, a treatment that was completely abandoned when better ones came along, mm. etc. Mm. You can't compare the two. Yes, it's a kind of one plus one equals four situation. Absolutely, I agree. However, there is a group of, of doctors, and Dr Newson is part of this, who are exploring the benefits of oestrogen and believe that perhaps the risks have been underplayed and exploring the role of oestrogen in breast cancer and believe that the risks have been overstated. And I think today what I'd like to do is something a bit different. We are not experts in this field, so I'm glad to say that Dr Newson has agreed to come on and talk to us about her opinions. And also on the line will be Liz O'Riordan, who is a former breast cancer surgeon and breast cancer patient herself, who has been concerned about the way that some of these messages have been relayed. Mm. So without further ado, Dr. Newson, Liz, thanks very much for finding time to talk to us today. Dr. Newson, I'd like to start by asking you, many women who've had breast cancer are told that HRT is off the table, but you have a different take. Would you like to explain that to us? Yeah, absolutely. I think all women should be treated as individuals, whether they've had breast cancer or not. It's really important. But also we need to look at evidence as well. And as I'm sure you're aware, the evidence in this area is really scanty. We haven't got really good, robust 
clinical data evidence showing us that HRT is safe, nor have we got good data showing us that HRT is dangerous. And this is where it, it's really difficult for women because there are a lot of women who've had breast cancer who have had an early menopause because of their treatment. All women who've had breast cancer then develop menopause usually because they get older as well. And a lot of women have really quite severe menopausal symptoms. And um, having breast cancer is one thing. Having menopause and breast cancer is really difficult for a lot of women. And then not being listened and not having any treatment choices can be even worse. So I'm absolutely not saying that every woman who's had breast cancer should take HRT. But I am saying that some women because of the literature showing that there actually hasn't been any studies that show there's an increased mortality in women who've taken HRT following a diagnosis of breast cancer. Some women can be considered for HRT because a lot of women find their quality of life improves. We also know that most women who've had breast cancer actually die from heart disease and dementia rather than their breast cancer because thankfully prognosis is so much better. So a lot of women are not realising that there are advantages of taking HRT for their future health as well. We see women in my clinic who are really, really troubled and they have tried all the various alternatives and lifestyle measures to try and improve their menopausal symptoms. One lady said to me recently at my clinic, I would prefer to have breast cancer again and have chemotherapy again than to endure my menopause. I am planning the end of my life. I do not want to carry on existing like this. And, you know, these stories are really sad. And as a healthcare professional, I don't feel it's right to deny them treatment that might improve their quality of life. The other thing is HRT is not a tattoo. It's not a permanent treatment that you can't be in control of. Women can stop taking it at any time. And a lot of women try it for a few weeks or months and see if it does help them or not. But it's about involving patients, sharing uncertainty. And as you know, there are different types, there are different grades of HRT. There are different times since women have had it. So it's a massive, massive conversation. Can I ask, so you mention a, quite an extreme case, but a typical woman who has been told by her doctor because she's had breast cancer that, that she can't have HRT, what do you say to her as your patient? It's very important, actually. I feel, as a doctor... I'm not here to say what women can and can't do. We can't dictate to people how they live their lives. In an ideal world, no one would eat McDonald's for, for breakfast, but they do. And I'm not there to say you can't do it because it's going to increase your risk of, of heart disease. And I feel very strongly that people shouldn't be told that they can and can't. You say that's an extreme case, Barney, but actually... You know, we know that we've, we've surveyed people that we've seen in the clinic and we found that 82% were having symptoms, having a severe impact on their quality of their life. But not suicidal. I think, I think it's, it's fair to say that the, the majority of women aren't suicidal because of their menopause symptoms. Oh, absolutely. I'm not saying that. I'm saying a severe impact on the quality of their life. We know that around 10% of women give up work because of their symptoms. We know that people are really struggling. So the conversation that you have with your patient with breast cancer, I don't imagine you say, well, I couldn't tell you whether or not to have a McDonald's breakfast so you can take HRT or not. She says, I've been told by my oncologist I can't have HRT because of my breast cancer risk. What do you say to her? 
so so again like it's very difficult because individualization is key so it depends on what her breast cancer was was it estrogen receptor negative or positive how long ago was her uh, breast cancer what other treatment is she on so for example we see quite a lot of women who are on tamoxifen which is a treatment as you know for women who've had breast cancer but you know some people are told that taking tamoxifen reduces their risk of recurrence by 50 percent but that risk of recurrence to them is about five percent so a lot of women decide well actually that risk is very low but as I'm sure you're aware women who take tamoxifen actually tamoxifen increases levels of estrogen in the body anyway so you know there's this narrative that women can't have HRT because the estrogen could be dangerous but tamoxifen can increase levels of estrogen we know that estrogen used to be a treatment for breast cancer that was why tamoxifen came around in the first place so it's not as simplistic as saying estrogen is always bad and so that's where it's really important to look at look at the history of the lady we see some women who've had breast cancer 20 years ago and they're still told they can never take HRT well their risk of recurrence is a lot lower but we also have to remember Barney that there are studies that show that women actually have a better prognosis when they're on HRT following breast cancer we know there's some work by Rebecca Glazer that's showing testosterone can actually be very anti-inflammatory and reduce recurrence of breast cancer as well so what I do with patients is I share uncertainty and say we don't have good data to say it's safe we don't have good data to say it's harmful let's look at what you've tried let's look at everything else we always offer alternatives we look at lifestyle we look at other factors as well and then if they want to try HRT they know it might increase their risk of a recurrence but we they also know that it might improve their their symptoms and future health as well and it's it's for them as an individual to decide but a lot of women feel they have no one else to talk to they've not been able to talk about their symptoms it's just very much no you can't have HRT now i'm going to move on to to Liz Liz, you have a slightly different take. I feel like that you both have very aligned views that women should be given all the options and all the information and choices. Uh, You're both all about supporting women. Uh, But Liz, you've been concerned about the way that some of the messaging about the safety of HRT for women with breast cancer has been relayed. Could you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, sure. So I'll admit the same, when I was a breast cancer surgeon, I had no idea how to treat women who I was telling you shouldn't have HRT. I didn't know. And I think a lot of doctors are in that position. And it's fantastic that there are now a lot of evidence in the British Menopause Society, lots of alternatives to HRT. And we know that vaginal estrogen is completely safe. It doesn't increase the risk of recurrence. But having had myself breast cancer twice, um, I suffered with a menopause and I was suddenly left with how do I cope? And I've been looking at all the research and Louise is right. It isn't clear cut. A lot of the trials that showed HRT is safe were done in the 1960s, 1780s, before we knew about tamoxifen. A lot of them excluded women who were estrogen positive and many were only started on HRT two years after their diagnosis. Now, we know breast cancer can come back in the first couple of years. So you're self-selecting a group of women who are well. And the follow-up for those trials that showed HRT was safe was generally around three or four years. But we know breast cancer can come back 10 or 20 years in the future. And there are two very different schools of thought, but the 
Association of Breast Surgery, British Menopause Society, the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, the Society of Endocrinologists, they've done their own look at the data and they think differently to Louise and Alfred Blooming and they, they don't think it's safe. And my concern is there's breast cancer and there's breast cancer. There are some women with very small breast cancers and negative nodes who get a very small benefit from tamoxifen and they could all potentially stop taking tamoxifen if they wanted to. But there are women like me with a large stage three cancer with positive nodes who had chemo, I had a 60% chance of being alive in 10 years. And I think for them, the risk of stopping hormonal treatment and taking on HRT could have a huge impact on their future survival. And it is about patient choice. I want every woman to be able to do the best she can to live because the side effects are horrible. I think we need every doctor treating women with breast cancer to know about all the alternatives to try first and to make sure these women are told there are two very different schools of thought. There are expert medical bodies who think it does increase your risk of recurrence and death. And there are some people who don't think it does. And I'm not sure that message is getting through. But what I get is hundreds of women saying they are terrified when they see that HRT can cure dementia and osteoporosis and heart disease and they don't want to take it because they believe they're oncologists and they're now frightened for the future. Whereas we know things like diet and exercise can reduce the menopause symptoms and the risk of getting heart disease and strokes. And it's just making sure patients are told there are two very, very different schools of thought. And I'm not sure that message is coming through. Liz, do you think that as someone who has had breast cancer, what what do you think about the idea that, you know, if, if the doctor turns around and says, look, this is an option, but your breast cancer is more likely to come back, even if it's a tiny, you know, so say your risk of recurrence is five, 10 percent and your risk might, you know, double to 20 percent. Do you, do you think that a woman would still choose to go ahead or do you think most people would probably say actually? Mm. Mo- I think most of the women I've spoke to would not take the risk of it coming back, especially as we see more and more young people sharing their stories on social media and people are dying. And it's horrible. I've looked after women who died of metastatic breast cancer. And although risks and numbers can be very, very hard to interpret, I think for each individual patient, it's 50-50. It comes back or it doesn't. And it's whether you're prepared to do everything you can to stop that happening or your quality of life is more important. And again, it's patients making that decision, but being told HRT could make your cancer comes back. And if it comes back, we can't cure it. Are you and your family ready to cope with that if it does happen? And have you tried all the other alternatives first? And I think that's where we're getting a problem. Not every doctor knows how to treat menopause when they can't have HRT. Liz, can I just ask, I know you're talking about alternatives, but I've seen there is this feeling that I've noticed on social media of some people saying that they're kind of sick of doctors saying, oh, well, lifestyle interventions are effective, so you should do that instead. So why don't you, I mean, effectively, why don't you go for a run or why don't you change your diet? And they're saying we should be treated properly rather than being told that. What would you say to women who who say that? I'd say it's a combination. First of all, we know exercise can halve the risk of breast cancer recurrence by itself and it's free and there are no side effects. And I think every single woman with breast cancer should be told to reduce alcohol, exercise, maintain a healthy weight because that's been proven to reduce her risk of recurrence. For menopausal symptoms, I think every woman should be told that vaginal estrogen is safe and that there are a whole list of various drugs that can be used to treat hot flushes, night sweats, the side effects that women go through. And we should tell women when we start them on tamoxifen or an anaerobotase inhibitor, you may struggle. These are drugs that can help your symptoms. Use them if you need them. And I think that's where the message isn't getting through. 
it's not just diet and exercise. I've done that and I still struggled. And I myself am taking citalopram and clonidine. I've tried gabapentin. I have vagifem. It's made a huge difference to my life. I think we need to educate doctors and patients so they know there are drugs available that aren't HRT that will definitely not increase the risk of recurrence. So there is there is no risk of them taking these alternative drugs. Dr. Newton, could I come back to you? Uh, you've just heard Liz's treatment regime for her symptoms of the menopause. Would you suggest that perhaps for a patient like Liz, that HRT was an option? I, w- I can't give individualised advice. So I think what's really important, and, and Liz and I feel exactly the same, is that women need to be taken as individuals. And, you know, women I see in my clinic have tried all these treatments. They've tried exercise, they've tried lifestyle, and they've also tried alternative treatments. And a lot of these treatments do have side effects. Things like gabapentin can have horrendous side effects. But a lot of them have shown to be beneficial for vasomotor symptoms, the hot flushes and night sweats. But actually, it's the brain fog, the low mood, the muscle and joint pains, the memory problems, the fatigue that can affect women more actually. And women do have a choice. You know, I saw a lady recently who was a paramedic, really fit, well, amazing lady, very, very bright, doing lots of research as well. And she'd had breast cancer and she was really struggling. She'd hit a wall. She tried everything, really lots of supplements, lots of different medications. And she said, I think I would like to try HRT because I don't know what else to do. And she said, I have a choice. I can either go and live with my mother in the Outer Hebrides and just exist or I can try and take HRT, see if my brain will come back and I will live and I will carry on working as a paramedic, even though my prognosis may be very different. But I really want to make that choice. You know, and I think that's fine, actually, because the other thing is taking HRT is so reversible, they can stop it and it will be out of their system the next day. A lot of women we see who've had breast cancer have been young and then their periods do come back and then they have a natural menopause or it might be a slightly earlier menopause. So we're just giving back the hormones that their body was naturally producing before. We also know that increased risk of recurrence is not the same as increased risk of metastatic disease or mortality. And even the habit study didn't show that there was an increased risk of mortality. You're saying that although people's breast cancer did come back... It wasn't incurable. Yes, so it came back either in the same breast or the contralateral breast. But the other thing is through my not-for-profit, through my menopause society, we've got a steering group of oncologists, radiotherapists, breast care nurses, patients, breast screening doctors as well, where we're trying to get some consensus documents because Liz quite rightly has said these other bodies have looked at the evidence. It's all the same evidence that we're all looking at, which is very, very limited. So we've got consultants and professors from the Royal Marsden Hospital and others where we're trying to work out really to try and help patients because they're caught in between the devil and the deep dark sea really with one doctor saying no you absolutely can't others saying well yes you might be able to and that's really difficult for them and it's got to be a multidisciplinary approach we've got to work as a team it's really important we get it right because as we know breast cancer affects one in seven women and most women live very long fruitful lives but we want to make sure that their quality of life but also their life with respect to other diseases is as good as possible so absolutely it's looking holistically and whether hormones are part or not part of that holistic treatment is up to an individual woman who is guided by the available evidence and with the healthcare professionals that can support them adequately. I'd like to go back to something that you said earlier on, and I know it's something you said on the telly the other week. 
that oestrogen was a treatment for breast cancer. Tell me, why did you say that? So if you look at the studies, oestrogen can actually induce apoptosis, which is programmed cell death. So oestrogen can be very anti-inflammatory in the body. We know that women who've never had breast cancer have around um, a 22% lower risk of developing breast cancer if they're on oestrogen and a 40% reduction in breast cancer mortality. So oestrogen can affect different cytokines in the body, so to suppress inflammation, to be anti-cancer, if you like. And this is where it's really fascinating and it might be that women who have had breast cancer and oestrogen receptor breast cancer should avoid oestrogen for the first we don't know whether it's two five years and then giving oestrogen after that time can actually this is where it might be beneficial because of the way that oestrogen induces this apoptosis the other thing we know is that women will make oestrogen anyway a lot of women after the menopause will put on weight because their fat cells produce a very weak type of oestrogen but this is actually oestrogen which is a very pro-inflammatory type of oestrogen. So giving oestradiol is a very nice anti-inflammatory type of oestrogen, whereas the body producing its own oestrogen is quite toxic and that's why overweight people might have an increased risk of other cancers like endometrial cancer as well. So this is where we're working with some very key researchers in UCL looking at cancer prevention with oestradiol. So it's not so simple as oestrogen is bad or good there are different types of oestrogen there are different times to give it and also it might have a dose effect as well and this is where we're really stepping ahead with some of the research that we're doing with some really key players because it's going to really transform health going forwards as a layperson when you say this it sounds to me like what you're saying is that hrt could actually treat breast cancer so you know you say oh actually oestrogen used to be a treatment for breast cancer so are you saying that hrt could treat breast cancer it's too early to say that but we do know that from previous studies as well and there are some studies that women have a better prognosis who take hrt so it's something that needs to be looked at properly and as you know barney research in menopause and women's health has been a nightmare especially menopause for the last 20 years so i'm very committed with the work i'm doing to really improve research uh, with other collaborators who are very top of their game with research because we owe it to women's health don't we so we can answer these questions and they have to be answered based on good quality research which we just don't have at the moment. Mm. Liz I'm interested on on your take on that. So a couple of things one I think it's really interesting that Louise through her not-for-profit is looking into the HRT debate again when the North American Menopause Society, the British Medical Society, the Association of ABS Lots of eminent people have looked at the evidence that come up to their conclusion that HRT does increase the risk of recurrence. And there are people thinking, no, we still don't believe that. There are two very different schools of thought. And I think women need to know that there are two very different schools of thought. And the most of the breast cancer world believe increases the risk of recurrence. I don't think we can say HRT gives women a better prognosis because the women were only followed up for four to five years. And we know breast cancer can come back, especially estrogen positive cancer, 10, 20, even 30 years later. We don't have the evidence. But regarding estrogen, I went and had a look at the initial papers and it came about from rat studies in the 1940s. And in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, women with advanced breast cancer who had run out of options were given a very, very high dose of estrogen. And it did give them a longer life when they were postmenopausal for five years, but the side effects were horrific. And it does seem to be, as Louise said, if you're starved of estrogen and then you give someone a massive dose, it might cure the cancer. 
But then we discovered estrogen receptors. We discovered tamoxifen. Tamoxifen had the same effect as the very high dose of estrogen without horrific side effects like bleeding, nausea, vomiting, incontinence, heart failure. And as we learned more and more about estrogen positive receptors, tamoxifen came along, um, the aromatase inhibitors came along. We know women who don't take those drugs regularly have a 50% greater chance of their breast cancer coming back. We know these drugs work. And I don't think we can use estrogen studies from the 1950s and 60s to correlate to breast cancer now. Mm. And what do you think, Liz, about this idea that just because you have a recurrence, it, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to lead to metastatic disease? So there's local recurrences, which I had, which are potentially curable. But if you have a local recurrence, you have a much greater chance of getting metastatic disease in the future. And younger women have a very different type of breast cancer. We know it's more aggressive. We know it tends to come back quickly compared to older women in their 70s and 80s who tend to have a more indolent disease. And I think we need to be really careful. We need to look at women's how big the cancer was, how many nodes they had, did they have chemo, what is their individual risk of recurrence. And we can do that with the NHS Predict program to say, actually, your benefit of hormones is really high. Your risk of it coming back is much higher. So you need to be aware of that when you're deciding whether you want to take HRT. Louise? You know, Liz saying these two schools of thoughts, we're all looking at the same evidence. What we're trying to do is to try and help women. And it's really difficult when we're looking at studies that haven't been done properly. Older studies, we're not using the same type of oestrogen. There's there's so much that we just need to unpick and look at and learn and move forwards on this so we can really help people. I think that's what's really important. We've talked also, obviously, today about oestrogen receptor positive breast cancers. Oestrogen receptor negative are quite different. And speaking to oncologists, their general thoughts are that women can have HRT who have had oestrogen receptor negative cancers. Just to pick up on that, the, the consensus statement that Liz is talking about specifies that the research shows that all types of breast cancer, the, the, the risk of occurrence is higher if people take HRT. And, and uh, th- there's a specific c- concern because even oestrogen receptor negative breast cancers can mutate. And so then if you've got oestrogen in the system, it then could risk recurrence. I think you have to be really careful here, Barney. When you're talking about oestrogen receptors, that doesn't mean that oestrogen is evil. So if, for example, I had a a cancer in my lungs and had it taken out, it's likely that there's oestrogen receptors on there because there's oestrogen receptors in every cell in our body. The fact that women have oestrogen receptor negative breast cancer is because it's mutated to become oestrogen receptor negative. And so it doesn't mean that having any receptors necessarily oestrogen given to those is dangerous and this is where the confusion often is and again it goes down to lack of research we do know that there have been five studies that have shown that there are fewer breast cancer events in those survivors receiving HRT so we can keep talking around in circles but we haven't got proper studies we need to do this to move forwards and a lot of women with breast cancer would like to be involved in some studies because they would like answers for themselves, but also to help future generations. You know, women say to me, I would like to die standing, not lying down. I cannot carry on like this. You know, if they are, you know, you you said risk of suicide, but actually, you know, the risk of suicide goes up seven times in women in their 40s. So we do see a lot of women who are suicidal. Clearly, we're seeing a small number of women compared to the huge number of breast cancer. But actually, if I'm helping 
small number of women. I shouldn't be criticised for helping these women. But I'm not making sweeping statements that every woman who's had breast cancer and is menopausal should take HRT. That would be absolutely ridiculous to say that. But it's about allowing women to have choices and allowing women to be listened to as well. Louise, Liz has mentioned the consensus from various medical bodies. Do you think then that all of that guidance needs to be changed and that you don't stand by it? I think when we look at guidance, you have to look at the evidence. So you can only write guidelines if it's based on on really good, clear evidence, which we don't have. So then you can't really call it guidelines. It's more of a consensus statement. So you don't think those statements underline the issue and, and kind of close the matter? I think it's very difficult when you have blanket yes and no, because medicine is an art as well as a science. And so the other thing is, you know, we have guidelines and guidance, but they are to guide. Don't forget, we have the NICE guidance, which also says that HRT can be considered in women who've had breast cancer. The NICE guidance says it's not recommended, as does the NHS website. It also says that we can recommend HRT on women who have extreme symptoms. I agree. So this is where I think you're sort of pushing back, saying that I'm just some maverick charlatan doctor who's going to give HRT to everybody. Of course I'm not. I think the most important thing is, and I'm very fortunate I have time in my clinic, as do the other clinicians that work with me, where we discuss uncertainty. We have quite a detailed protocol of how we manage women who've had breast cancer who come to my clinic. We have various resources that they look at. We have various podcasts that they listen to. We involve the family. We involve other clinicians as well and so it's not a quick knee-jerk decision that we're making with these women. Louise you obviously disagree with the expert statements of many many eminent scientists researchers and doctors who have analyzed the same evidence that you're looking at because we don't have new trials and it seems like you disagree with the consensus that HRT isn't recommended unless in exceptional circumstances and that's where I, I find it hard when, when two different Teams of people have analysed the same evidence, come up with different opinions. It is difficult. And I want to make sure, I don't mind if every woman with breast cancer takes HRT, as long as she has been properly informed. And for me, that means telling her that one large group of people believe it shouldn't be given until you've tried everything else. And there are other doctors who think it's fine. And I think in social media, that message is not coming across. I get women terrified when they say, HRT cures dementia, HRT cures osteoporosis, HRT is safe because you don't get to put those nuances in. And these women are terrified and scared. And I think actually a lot of breast cancer surgeons and oncologists are now telling women about how to cope with the menopause and the treatments available. The British Menopause Society did guidelines for the Association of Breast Surgery. And you are probably seeing a small select group in your clinics whose doctors don't yet know how to treat them. And I don't want to give my community of colleagues a bad name because I think we are all very aware that these women do need help. But it's giving them the right information to make the right choice for them. Yeah, I think it's very important to say this isn't just my view and this is why we have a steering group that we've set up through our um, not-for-profit. But is that because you disagree with the consensus statement of experts of all these other societies? No, it's not. No, I'm not out to agree or disagree. It's about trying to work out what's best for women. And that's why we come together to look at everything together. So none of this is about me. There's a lot of personal attacking about me and my work from all sorts of people. Whereas that's why I'm working with eminent oncologists, radiotherapists as well. They're the people that have the oncology experts and experience that I don't have. I have the menopause experience 
experience that I can bring to the table and I have the scientific background as well but it's bringing a body together so we can take this forward because some of these consensus statements haven't been written by such a breadth of people as well and we've got patients on our board as well which I think is really important. Liz do you have anything that you'd finally like to add? No I, I think it's all about informed patient choice and all I want is for women to know that help is available and for some women they will choose to have HRT because their quality of life is really really bad after breast cancer diagnosis and it's just making sure women know what some doctors believe and what some doctors don't and it's all done on an individual basis. Louise, any final thoughts? No, I think it's been really lovely having this time. And thanks, Barney, for bringing Liz and I together because I think Liz and I have actually got the same goals. We want to help patients and we want to help individuals. And, you know, that's the joy of medicine. Every person that we see, we have different consultations with and different treatment options. So allowing women to have choice and allowing them to talk about it is really important. So there's less suffering as well is key. Well, thank you both for coming on and and speaking frankly. Great. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. I don't know, as I age, Eve... (laughs) Yes, it's happening quickly. I can see it. I don't know. I I was thinking about this last night as, uh, you know, know, people don't talk to me at a party now as much. (laughs) They don't. I'm sorry, but they just don't. And, you know, I was there with a couple of my friends last night at a book event. You know, and uh, the 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 party was happening elsewhere. Let's just say that, and I wasn't part of it. Oh, and I would have spoken to you. Of course, you would. We would have been we probably would've... in the corner, not Abs- speaking to anyone. Else. Absolutely. But you know, I think that you kind of. I I don't mind. I was I was once the centre of attention. I'm sure you were. I was once. I was. I was. I was. I was all the rage. In my youth, I can imagine. <laughs> no, I wasn't really, but you know, I mean, I, I know what it's like, and to be young, and and now I'm not, and so young, and you know, that's that's intriguing too. You know, it has its own things, and also, who wants to be young? Well, I, mean, I, I feel for you, Eve. <laughs> I'm not that young. Um, <laughs> not hanging around with me, you're not. It's well, I mean, I probably would be rather than being with the twenty-somethings. I think it's um, it's life stage as well, isn't it? You know, you, there's some people who are the life and soul of the party until they're in their sixties mm. and it, and nothing phases them. But it's they're just that type of person. I have always been an old soul. Oh, well, that's a nice thing, isn't it? Uh, maybe or sad. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. 